Welcome to the Gracefield Leader Podcast. Do you want a better work-life balance? Do you get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and people-pleasing? Have you always been an overachiever, but really never felt good enough no matter how much outward success you achieve? Hi, I'm Tanya, a wife, mom, leader, and Jesus lover. For most of my life, I tried to find worthiness through achievement. But no matter how hard I worked or how much I achieved, I never felt like I was enough. I was left burned out, empty, and exhausted. I had no time or energy for myself or my family. I needed balance. I needed peace. I finally started to live like an unconditionally loved daughter of the King, saved by grace. This faith-led podcast will teach you self-care routines and practical leadership strategies to help navigate life and leadership. If you're ready to stop people-pleasing and start living and leading God's way, this podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazer, sister friends. It's time to get after it. Hello, sister friends. And if we have some brother friends listening, well, this topic might start off a little uncomfortable, but there are some kernels of wisdom in here for you, too. Today we talk a little bit about some of the unique challenges or really just realities that our hormones can pose for our decision making in life and leadership. And I'm going to introduce a tool that I didn't create, but it is super, super useful in absolutely every aspect of your life. It's important to learn and apply in your parenting, in your leading, and in your marriage. I really do believe it will prevent a lot of pitfalls and regret. It's been shown to significantly change the culture of work groups, classrooms, and family relationships. But before we go any further into the topic, I just wanted to take a minute to make a little request. Friend, if you're enjoying the podcast, will you do me the wonderful favor of heading over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a rating and a written review? This really is the best way for other listeners to find the show and for me to know how best to serve you with content that you enjoy listening to and that will better serve your needs and that you'll find useful. So if you're not sure how to do that, instructions are in the show notes. Now, let's get into the messy reality that exists for many of us. As women, our cycle can have significant impacts on how our brains and our bodies function. But guys don't get off scot-free either. They need to be aware of how hormones affect their decision-making also. For example, studies show that after a big win, like a big win at a game or winning of money, men should probably think twice before making big decisions. With an influx of testosterone, men tend to take bigger risks and bigger gambles. On the other hand, a big loss will tend to cause a drop in testosterone, which can lead to feelings of failure and depression. So, boys, you're not off the hook. Now, for women who are not yet postmenopausal, our brains actually do work a little differently the first half of our menstrual cycle as compared to the second. And like it or not, as we get closer to our period, probably about four or five days leading up to it, 
there are some negative impacts on our brain function. That's not to say that we're completely inept or incapable of executive functioning, but it does leave room to maybe consider pausing. It's important to recognize and understand this reality as we go about daily life. I'm sure many of you know that there are times you feel a little clearer and are better, better able to regulate your emotions than other times. I'm only going to speak for myself in saying that I really try to avoid major, major life decisions the week leading up to my period. And at a minimum, I do have to stop and reflect a bit before responding. I'm sort of a disaster if left to my own natural processes. I'm clumsy. I often run into things, say the stray cabinet door or door frame that seems to be magically in my way. I'm tired and irritable. I'm much more apt to get emotional about things that usually I can otherwise overlook. I get paranoid, thinking people think I'm stupid or I said something stupid or I'm incompetent. I want to eat and drink everything that I shouldn't. It ain't pretty, my friends. I do try to give fair warning to my family, but I think my husband just wants to assume that I'm choosing to be irritable. I truly do know myself well enough now that I can feel it coming on, and I try to implement strategies to protect myself and those around me, but sometimes they fail to heed my warnings. (laughs) I generally do best to have a little more time to myself with less sensory input and less social interaction when I'm premenstrual. I need more sleep, and I need to be sure I have food in my tummy. I think that's always true, or I get a little hangry, but it seems that in this phase, if I don't, hangry takes on a whole new meaning. And when it comes to work, I do a pretty good job of reining myself in but I do try to be very intentional about stopping to assess my own internal situation before responding whenever possible. This brings me to the tool I want to tell you about. It actually was introduced by the Yale School of Medicine, the Center for Emotional Intelligence. It's an evidence-based approach to social and emotional learning. It's most often been studied in the context of school settings but is absolutely applicable to the work environment and the home environment. This tool is called RULER. RULER is an acronym for the five skills of emotional intelligence. R stands for recognizing. U stands for understanding. L for labeling. E for expressing. And finally, R stands for regulating. So let's break that down into real life application. I'm going to use a little work example that happened recently. I received an email from a staff member. It was in regards to staffing concerns and it made a number of assumptions about how we make decisions around appropriate staffing levels. This person had not reached out to myself or their frontline manager prior to sending the email, to ask some clarifying questions that might have helped them to better understand the situation 
and the process we actually use in the decision-making. They also had not reached out to indicate that they had concerns about the current staffing situation. Instead, they sent an email that did include assumptions that were not entirely accurate, and they requested further statistical information. Now, my initial reaction was one of slight irritation. I interpreted a tone that didn't feel especially respectful and in that moment felt a bit accusatory. I was frustrated that this person had not chosen to first have a conversation with their manager to gather more information that might have helped reduce some of the frustration for them. Before responding, however, I stopped to apply the ruler principle. First, I recognized that I was irritated at first glance. I also recognized that I was likely entering the premenstrual phase of my cycle. Second, I've gained enough understanding of myself and my tendencies that I am aware that I tend to be a little extra sensitive and emotive during this phase. And I may have been overreacting at a gut level. On a different occasion, I would be far less likely to be bothered by something like this at all. Next, I labeled my reaction as one of being irritated and my emotion as one of feeling disrespected. I expressed my initial reaction or feeling to my colleague, but I also admitted that I was likely being a bit overly sensitive and I knew that I ought not respond in a way that conveys my irritation. I knew it would not lend itself to a positive outcome. And finally, I took a little time to regulate my emotions, apply some objectivity, and respond in an appropriate way that presented the facts, some clarification around our process, and the data that was requested. I didn't return a ply that was snarky or accusatory, or at least I certainly didn't intend to. Instead, I chose to assume positive intent and to communicate with positive intent. So you can see where you might be able to make good use of this technique in your daily life, at your workplace, with your kids, and with your spouse. It really can be a lifesaver to avoid regret. Outside of hormone fluctuations, this is just plain good to live by and essential to developing emotional intelligence, which is essential for successful leadership. In researching the application of ruler skills, Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence actually found evidence of improved development of emotional skills, fewer attention and learning problems, greater social and leadership skills, reduced anxiety and depression, less stress and burnout, and better performance in school for the students they studied. So I hope you'll find this skill as useful as I have when you apply it at work and at home. It truly, truly can be a game changer. That's all I have for you today, my friends. And as you look at the week ahead, may you be grateful and grace-filled. I pray this episode blessed you, spoke to you, or encouraged you in some way. If so, please share it with a friend and... Head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a written review. That's the only way for me to know if you are enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, come on over to our free Facebook community. 
This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journey. You can find the link to the group in the show notes. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Until next time, my friends, God bless.